This podcast is brought to you by Living Waters Church, Kyabram. You can visit us at www.lwkyabram.com. So I've entitled my message this morning, Leading to Endurance. And we've been preaching a series about growth and maturity. And this is the message that I've been avoiding. You know how sometimes there's messages in your life that you just want to avoid? This is one of those messages, and it's going to stretch more than one week, because today I'm going to talk about endurance and perseverance. And one of the things I've learned about God is that He answers our prayers. And those moments when we pray, God, teach us how to pray, often what happens is trouble comes, and so we're forced to prayer. Or we say, God, I want to grow. Teach me to grow. Expand my faith. And one of the ways that our faith is expanded is in the perseverance through trials. And so I haven't been looking forward to preaching this part of the series that we're on because I know that Often, when I preach a word, I get tested during that week or the coming weeks about whether what I'm saying matches up with my lifestyle. And so, um, please help me this week. So, perseverance, if you're taking notes, number one, perseverance. And let's go to Romans chapter 5. You're looking great. I mean, look at the person next to you. Don't they look fine? So, Romans chapter 5, verse 2, says, Because of our faith... Christ has brought us into this place of undeserving privilege where we now stand. We are confidently and joyfully looking forward to sharing God's glory. I look at that verse and honestly, in my heart and my spirit, even this morning as I was rereading over my notes, I added a little bit extra to my notes and it says this, Wow, oh, wow. Wow, oh, wow. Because I read that verse and it is outstanding. I look at it because, see, it says our faith has brought us into a place of undeserving privilege. Think about that for a moment. I love the way this is the New Living Translation for all those taking notes and adding extra bits in. Thank you, Anakin, for, for doing that. Um, And I've been reading the New Living Translation for the last couple of years. Um, Just what I do is I I tend to change versions of the Bible um, every few years just to get me a new perspective on what's written. And when I first started reading the New Living Translation, I wasn't enjoying it. It wasn't something where it was like I was reading it and it was like, you know what, I'm enjoying this version of the Bible, but I'm glad I persevered, talking about perseverance, with it because I found a joy in the way that it's written and the way it describes God and who He is. And so I love what it says here where it says, because of our faith, any people of faith here this morning? Any people who have a faith burning in their heart and in their spirit, and this is the encouragement for you this day, is because of your faith, you are positioned in a place where you receive undeserved privilege. I mean, that's a wow, oh, wow moment. That's a moment where it's like, really? All I have to do is believe and have faith and then I'm positioned to a place and a position of undeserved privilege. Sadly, in our society, and I've um, 
looking at how we can implement some of this into our church as a fellowship, um, as in, in into some teaching and um, I've got some material off Pastor Jim and we're going to continue a bit of a conversation about how we can uh, implement some of this other teaching into our fellowship as well. But unfortunately in our society, there's a thing called male privilege. Honestly, I, I look at it sometimes and, you know, a, a lot of the problems we have in our society is because of this thing called male privilege. Now, I'm not a feminist. I'm actually a humanist, not humanistic, Right? But what I believe is, I believe that it doesn't matter what gender you are, we're all made equal in the eyes of Christ. And if we're not careful, we can get things out of balance a little bit. And, that, and so it's not a forced privilege, and it's not a place where we take the privilege upon ourselves. It's not a place where you've been given a title, and because you've got that title, all of a sudden there's privileges that run with that title. I mean, I look at our sports world. And one of the things that I do is, because I don't want to watch any AFL this year, I've decided that after yesterday, is AFL is dead to me from now on in. So my new sport that I've picked up, I was going to go with NRL, because, because Melbourne Storm seem to look like they're going to do all right. But honestly, I just don't like thugby. There's just something about it, and I don't like it. It's, it's not. So, so the sport that I've picked up over the last couple of years, and it's happened through my eldest son, Bevan, because he's been right into it, is the F1. And, you know, it's just amazing. You know, those cars, they go 300-plus kilometres an hour around streets that we drive at 60 kilometres an hour. It is outstanding, but I was a little bit disturbed I was a little bit disturbed because one of the things I did during my forced isolation of seven days, I watched a Netflix series called Drive to Survive, which is all about um, the F1 series and that sort of stuff. And the amount of money we pour into sports and the amount of money we give our sports stars actually gives them a sense of privilege and a sense of right. And I look at it, and because, see, last year, after the F1 was run, um, Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, or should I say Sir Lewis Hamilton now, I mean, we even knight sports stars. I just think it's bizarre. But, you know, they, they, their wage is $50 million plus. Just their wage, without any sponsorship deals and without any extra. And I look at it, and I think, that is ridiculous, Honestly, church, that is ridiculous. That's more than a million dollars a week. Just sink in for a moment. For driving a car. I'd be happy to drive my car for a million dollars a week. And I look at it and unfortunately what happens is there's, an there's a sense of entitlement that comes with the rich. You know, we live in a world where a person can say, you know what, your land and what you do, like I think about what's happening over in the Ukraine at the moment, it's like all of a sudden someone just decides, well, you know what, that used to belong to me and now it's going to belong to me again. And so there's an entitlement to go and take what actually doesn't belong to them. And if we're not careful, we can live our lives with privilege and entitlement that actually doesn't belong to us. But because of our faith, God actually gives us undeserved privilege. As a son or a daughter of the living God, of the King of kings and Lord of lords, you are in a privileged position this day. Actually says because of that, because of our privileged position, we're able to stand. Can I encourage you just to, I'm not telling you to stand up in this moment, but 
Can I encourage you in your life, you just need to stand. We need to work out what is worth standing for and what is not worth standing for. Because our society is fighting fights that really don't mean zip in the end. You know, we're all upset about this and about that and about this thing and about that thing. And yet the things, if we're not careful, we can become like the Pharisees where Jesus says this. He says, you know what, you even tithe on your mint. You even tithe on your herbs. But the important things like justice and truth and love and mercy are being missed out. Why? Because we're standing for the wrong things. So because of our faith, we're brought into a position of undeserved privilege and because of that, we're able to stand. Perseverance comes because of the place we're positioned in the kingdom. And then it goes on to say this, that we look forward to sharing God's glory. We look forward to sharing God's glory. You know, what a day it's going to be the day we enter heaven. day that's going to be. Actually, someone asked me this morning how I was, and I said, I'm pretty good on this side of the dirt. So I'm feeling okay. And then they said to me, well, better to be this side than the other side. And I said, you know what? It probably doesn't matter. It probably doesn't matter. Whichever side of the dirt I am, whether I'm here today, feel a little bit like Paul, whether I'm here today or whether I'm gone to my heavenly house. You know what? It's okay. Okay. And in actual fact, I'm quite looking forward to that day because I've read lots about what heaven is like. I've read lots about what it's like in heaven. I've read lots about the fact that there's a day when I will see him without the veil of flesh, without my preconceived ideas of who he is. And there'll be a day where it's like, I'll stand before him and go, wow, you are more beautiful than I imagined. See, we look forward to sharing God's glory, not just when we die, but here as well. There is a glory of God that we need to enjoy today. Wasn't praise and worship wonderful this morning? You know, last night it was wonderful. Last week it was wonderful. You know, sitting in my little office on my computer and it's like, you know, you know what? There was just a sense of God's presence in the room. And so, you know, I want to tell you, if you're in forced isolation at the moment, you know, the glory of God can still touch your life and the glory of God can still reach where you are. You know, space is no barrier to him. It's no barrier. So we need to understand that what we just read is outstanding, that we are positioned in a place of undeserved privilege because of our faith. I think that's amazing. Now, let's get to perseverance. Because I was going to start with verse 3 of Romans chapter 5. But it actually says this in verse 3. It starts with, we can rejoice too. And when I read we can rejoice too, I thought there is more to this story. What is before that we can rejoice too? Because we can rejoice in the fact that we are placed by our faith in a place of undeserved privilege. But you know what? Paul, writing to the church at Rome, goes on to say this. We can rejoice too when we run into trouble and trials. And everybody said? Everybody said, no, preach something else, pastor. Let's change the topic, pastor. Let's talk about that we can rejoice when things are all good, when the bank account is full. You know, my reading plan at the moment is read the Bible in 30 days. And so this week I've actually read um, most of the Old Testament and um, my, my journey in that has taken me through Job. I did not enjoy Job. Job was one of those books. In actual fact, my reading plan, I probably didn't do Job justice. And so what I'm going to do is at the end of this plan, I'm going to read Job again and I'm going to slow down because there was just something in my spirit that was bucking against it. 
You know, there was just something where it was like, you know what, I'm not enjoying this. I'm not enjoying this moment. I'm not enjoying this, this book. And so I know there's something in there that God wants to talk to me about. But, you know, the thing that I did pick up when I was reading the book of Job this week, uh, because when you're reading the Bible in 30 days, you don't have time to stop and pause. You just keep reading because you're trying to pick up the main themes and, and that sort of stuff in, 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 in the scriptures that you're reading in that moment. But one of the things I did pick up was this, is that through trials... And through tribulations, God is still faithful. The other thing I picked up was that through trials and tribulations, often people come to try and explain it away. Try and explain it away. And it wasn't just in Job that I, you know, I'm just currently in Jeremiah at the moment. And you know what? The same pattern happens where trouble comes and the prophets, the false prophets come and try and prophesy their way out of it. And God says to Jeremiah, don't listen to the false prophets, listen to my word. Because if we're not careful during times of trial and tribulation, instead of letting that do a work in our life and trusting God through that process, by our faith, which puts us in a position of privilege, what we do is we want to find the escape route. We want to try and get out of the trouble instead of letting it do a work in our life. For we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us to develop endurance. You know that prayer that you prayed? God, help me to endure. Increase my faith. Lord, give me stronger faith. Give me stronger belief. (laughs) Often that comes through trials. Verse 4, and endurance develops strength of character. You know that moment when you said, God, develop my character? Because that's been a continued prayer in my life. God, because I understand, I learned at an early age that character, or sorry, I'll, I'll say it this way. I learned at an early age that the gifts of the Spirit is not a substitute for character. Because you can have the gifts of the Spirit and if you don't have character in your life, then eventually you'll topple. And sadly, we've seen it this week where, you know, one of our leading ministers in our nation is facing a little bit of trouble because of a couple of moral indiscretions that happened. And, you know, the full story is not out about what happened. And you know what? I'm not interested in the full story about what happened. I'm interested in how I can apply character to my life so that sort of stuff doesn't happen to me as an individual. So endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. We have a choice when it comes to trials. We have a choice when we're placed in a position that we don't like. We can allow disappointment to be our friend or we can allow hope to be our friend. I pray that even in this season, even in this season, you know, I was just saying with someone last night, you know, at the moment as a pastor, I feel like one step back, two steps backwards. You know, it was only a few weeks ago that we had our best numbers in church on a Sunday morning for, for basically this year. And, you know, I feel like, wow, this is good. Starting to build some momentum. And then COVID goes, no, nah, I don't think so. I think so. I actually don't think we've lost momentum. I actually don't believe that we've lost some momentum even because of COVID and that sort of stuff because I'm choosing to live in hope and I'm choosing to live in faith. I'm choosing not to be disappointed in that hour. Years ago, I gave up the numbers game when it came to, you know, I I used to get disappointed when we'd start church and there was four people here. 
I used to get disappointed in that moment. And there was moments where it's like, you know, it'd be like, oh, where is everyone? What's happened? And then I get up to preach and it's like, well, where did all these people sneak in? All of a sudden it's like the numbers build because we like being on time, do we not? Said tongue in cheek. This hope will not lead to disappointment, our choice. We can allow ourselves to be led to disappointment because there's lots of reasons to be disappointed. You know, lots of reasons in the natural to be disappointed. I mean, Friday, I, was, I actually worked Monday so I could have Friday off. And then I got COVID. She was meant to be camping Thursday night. And I wasn't feeling flash, so I thought I'd better do a test. An hour before I was meant to go, car was packed. I was ready to go. I was there. I was ready. Those Murray Cod, they didn't stand a chance. I was going to smash them. In actual fact, I'd even, and I reckon this is the reason, I'd even made up my mind that if I caught a legal-sized cod, I was going to bring it home for Pastor Bruce. I'd made up my mind to do that. And then all of a sudden it was like, sorry, Pastor Bruce, if you're listening. I made up my mind to do that, but an hour before I thought, you know what, I'm not feeling fantastic. I was sort of feeling a bit rough in the throat and I was having trouble breathing and that sort of stuff, so I thought I'd better do a test. And as I did a test and those two little lines came up, I thought to myself, it was like that moment. But then I thought, you know what? I can choose to be disappointed in this moment or I can choose to do what I've been telling other people to do when they've been forced into forced isolation and that is enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment as in now you have a whole week where you can be by yourself and you can allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you things that you're not willing to hear because of the busyness of life. And I believe, and I can't talk about fully about it this week, but we'll start to talk about it um, in, in the, at some point when I get a few more plans in place and talk to some other key leaders, where it's like I believe he gave, he's given me two things that we need to do as a fellowship, not for us as a fellowship, but for our community. And, and so, you know what, I'm excited. I'm glad I had that extra time off. I'm glad I took that time off. Why? Because God spoke to me in a different way, because I was forced to be still and know. For we know how dearly God loves us. This is why we're not disappointed. For we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. See, we can rejoice that we have, by faith, been positioned to a place of amazing, undeserved privilege standing confidently in, and joyfully sharing God's glory today and tomorrow and years to come. We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. Why? Because they do a work in our life, because they do a work in our life that we will never have done unless we persevere through the trial. They help us to develop endurance. Endurance leads to strength of character and strength of character um, strengthens our confident hope in salvation. See, strength of character in our life that's built through trials and tribulations actually builds our hope in salvation. See, disappointment falls away via endurance and so we begin to understand God's love more fully than what we did before. So, perseverance. There's some things that I believe as believers we need to persevere in. So if you're taking notes, write persevere or perseverance. 
One, in faith. Just got to keep believing. Someone accused me once that I was too positive. I thought to myself, is that an insult or a compliment? (laughs) It was that moment where it was like, hang on, I'm confused. Not sure what you just did. Did you insult me or did you compliment me? And there, the, the way it was said and, you know, the moment in what it was said was actually meant to be an insult. It was meant to be that moment where it was like, you know, well, you're just too, you know, you're just too positive. There's a silver lining in every cloud. And it's like, yes, there is. Why is there a silver lining in every crowd? cloud? Why? Because of the person who made the clouds. He placed it in there. When he said, let there be light, and there was light, and when he created, he actually created for me a silver lining in every cloud. And people say to me, are you a glass half full or half empty person? I want to tell you, I'm just happy i got a glass. Honestly, if it's full or empty, because there's times in our life when our glass is full to overflowing, where it's like it's just spilling out everywhere. You know, a little while ago, a few years ago, one of my family members, I think it was Pastor Lynette, brought me a soda stream. And one of the things I learned with soda stream is you don't put the stuff in the water before you fizz it. Because if you put the stuff in the water before you fizz it, woohoo, called baptism by soda stream. Because <laughs> I actually thought to myself, and I had one of those brainy Trevor moments where I thought, I reckon that if I soda stream apple juice, it will taste like apple cider. Great. It was one of those thoughts that was like, you know what, I reckon that's right. And so I got the apple juice and I stuck it in and I went, and I didn't even get the second down and it spewed everywhere. It went everywhere. It was like, man alive, the ants are going to be having fun this week because there was apple juice everywhere. And I look at that all over me, all over the bench, all over the soda stream and that sort of stuff. And it was like, there was an overflow that happened that I wasn't expecting. And sometimes days are like that. We have an overflow that we're not even expecting. We have an overflow where it's like, you know what? My cup is not only half full, but my cup is full to overflowing. There's a blessing. And then there's other days where it's like, is there anything in there? Is there anything in that cup? I want to tell you, that's part of normal life. responsibility as born-again believers is to persevere in faith. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2. And I know that some of you aren't enjoying this message. Good. Because if I have to suffer, you should too. Yep. Hey, if you're feeling warm today, our air conditioner broke this morning. Isn't that exciting? I ordered new air conditioning for both in here and out that side room two weeks ago, and they said it's going to be two weeks before it comes. And so um, I'm going to ring them up this week and say, we need it now. So, but we will fix this, won't we, Mark? Yep, in, in the meantime, because it still would be a few weeks away, I think, before we get them installed. Isn't God good how he just has a moment where it was like, I went and spoke to about air conditioning for next door as well as for in here because we need to do something in here as well. And the guy goes, well, you know what? If you order it all now, you will save 15% because there's a price rise coming. Have you noticed everything's gone up? I went into isolation and fuel was $1.98. Seven days later, I come out of isolation and diesel was $2.21. Just don't know how it jumps that much. Just don't understand it. Because there'll be an excuse, some war or some this or some that. You know, there'll, there'll be an excuse. I actually don't think it's a credible excuse because the price per barrel is still the same. But anyway, that's another thing. 
you should talk to the ACCC. And they go, I see nothing. <laughs> so we need to persevere in faith. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots go down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. See, there's a principle here in the word of God that doesn't matter what season we may be in, our, the roots of our life and the roots of faith just need to continue to dig deeper in him and then there's an overflow that happens. See, it says, then your faith will grow strong. I'm glad that we've all been given a measure of faith. The Bible says that you have a measure of faith. Well, can I encourage you that your measure is not your measure that you should remain with? Your faith needs to grow, and one of the ways your faith grows is through perseverance. You know those moments when trial comes and it's like, well, you know what? My roots just need to go deeper in him. My life just needs to be continually built on him. There's a parable in the New Testament um, it's found in, in the Gospels where it's like, you know, there's a house that's built upon sand and the house that's built upon sand, what actually happens is it's unable to stand against the trials. But when our house is built upon the rock of our salvation, honestly, it doesn't matter what blows against that. It doesn't matter what blows. I, I'm glad I live in a nation that has building standards. When we had that earthquake a little while ago and I'm sitting in my office and the whole building was shaking, I am thinking to myself, I am glad I'm not in Vietnam in this moment. You know, I am glad I'm not in Mozambique in this moment because I've seen in both those nations how they build their buildings and how they create things and build things and, you know, there is no building code as far as I can understand. And so when trouble comes, if our building's not up to code, then there's problems. But when our building's up to code and when we're rooted in him and when our, you know, I, I'm glad that I have faced trouble in the past because I know when that trouble comes back around as it does, I am I, glad that I understand and I know this, that because I've been through it once, you know what, I can be through it again. I can go through it again. I've been through this trial once. You know what, I reckon we can go again. So we need to persevere in, in faith. The second thing that we're going to look at today that we need to persevere in is prayer. Prayer. Turn to the person next to you and say, let us pray. Say, Pastor Trevor, are you going to pray? We are praying now because prayer is just about communion. Prayer is just about conversation. You know, one of the things I've learned when I preach, there's a conversation that goes this way, but there's also a conversation that goes this way. And sometimes people say, I love the way that you said this. And I think to myself, I'm glad I said that too because that wasn't originally in my thinking or in my notes. It just happened in the moment. Luke chapter 18, let's turn there. We're going to finish here this morning. Luke chapter 18 and verses 1 to 8. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. <coughs> there was a judge in a certain city. He said, uh, sorry, there is a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I do not fear God nor care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. 
I'm, I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. He, even he rendered a just decision in the end. So do not think that God will surely give, give justice to his... Sorry. So don't, don't you think... God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night. For he will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice for them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? I mean, just that last line is a challenge to us. You know, when Jesus Christ comes again, how many will still have faith? You know, we need to understand that here in this parable, Jesus is not saying that, he, that God is unjust, but he's using this parable in a way where he's saying this, even an unjust judge was willing to give a just decision, was willing to put aside his own character flaws and was able to judge justly because there was a widow who came to him and kept demanding, demanding for justice. And then he says this, how much more will our heavenly father answer us quickly as believers when we continue to pray? I just want to encourage you as we close this morning in this, is that we need to just persevere in prayer. And you might say to me, but Pastor Trevor, I've been praying for something for a long time and I haven't seen the result. Well, keep praying, especially if it's a family member, especially because this is the frustration I have with humanity is we have free will. That was one of the reasons I believe God told me that we need to have a chest and we need to pray over the chest. Not so that we can bypass people's free will, because I am more than comfortable with the fact that our job as believers is to present the gospel in a way that will honour God and then it's up to people to choose. That's our duty, is to present the gospel. We cannot make them choose. We cannot make them choose to follow Jesus Christ. And if you're out there today on the live stream or if you're here in this building and you've been wrestling between whether you should surrender to God and choose to follow him all the days of your life or whether you're in that place where it's like, well, you know, I, I just don't know about this. Can I encourage you just to give him a chance? Just to give him a chance because he is faithful and just. He will not let you down. That's been my experience. In life. Even those moments in, in times gone past where I think, God, you've let me down in this area. When I am totally honest with myself, I've actually let myself down because I refuse to persevere. So when we pray, we need to pray with perseverance. We need to not give up. We need to do everything we can do in persevering in faith and doing what's right. It's like with our money. I believe that if we're good stewards with our money, God will bless us because we prove to him that we can be trusted. I mean, honestly, if, if I've got my kids needing something, money, and I know they're wasting money, I don't think I want to give them more of my money to waste. They can do what they like with their money, but if they're in genuine need and if they're in genuine trouble and they're doing what they can do, to be good stewards with what's been placed in their hand. You know what? I'd give them the shirt off my back to help them out. 
And so as a natural father, if that's my attitude, imagine how much more God is able to do that for us as well. So we persevere in faith. That's our belief. You know those words Jesus said to Martha are ringing in my ears as they walked up to a tomb where he says, just believe, just have faith, just believe, just understand who God is and put your faith in that. And as we persevere in prayer, the promise here is this, is that he'll answer. Now, sometimes we don't like the answer. I feel sorry for parents some days in supermarkets, you know, because our supermarkets are crafty. They're crafty. If you have a look where the lollies are, they're on the way out. There's always lollies on the way out. And if you look at the height of those lollies, they're at kid height. So it's like they're standing there waiting. Beep, beep. And what's in front of their face? There's this an attraction called sugar in their face going, eat me, buy me, pester your mum, pester your dad until they give in. It's what they're saying. And there's that moment where it's like I stand in a supermarket where it's like I think to myself, I still feel so sorry for this person. I feel glad that that season is over in my life, but I feel sorry for the parent because there's an insistent child. And the longer that child is put off, the worse it becomes. And then parents say really, really dumb things. Any parent ever said a dumb thing? Sometimes I hear parents say this. They say, well, if you're good, I'll buy it for you, knowing full well that this kid is not going to be good. They're just buying it to shut the kid up. They're just buying it to get a little bit of peace and to save themselves from a little bit of embarrassment in that moment because they know everyone is looking around going, bad parent, bad parent, bad parent. It's like price check, aisle four, and the parent here is bad parent in aisle four. So there's that moment where it's like perseverance brings a reward in the natural. I want to tell you, perseverance in prayer brings a reward in the spirit. Brings a reward in the spirit. It's my next point that we're going to go on with next time I preach, so you can write it down to get ready for my next message, is suffering actually brings a reward. When we're willing to suffer in a way that honors him, the Bible says that there's a reward that's attached to the outcome of that suffering. Now, it's not a reward for the suffering, but it's a reward that happens. I mean, look at Job. He perseveres when everything in his life is stripped away, when his family and friends come to him and, you know, when his wife says, why don't you just curse God and die? When he chooses to persevere, when he chooses to not listen to his friends' voices, but he chooses to listen to the heart that's there and the voice that's there, all of a sudden there's a reward at the end of it. And what we do is often we give up on persevering because we forget about the reward. We think God has forgotten us. He hasn't forgotten us. He's actually building us. He's making us better. He's making us stronger. He's making us to the people where it's like not only can he trust us more, but he's able to use us in a new way. So let's all stand up this morning. Hey God, we want to thank you because we know that, Lord, even through trials and perseverance, even if those trials, because this is important, church, sometimes the trials aren't God-given, but he will use them to his advantage and to our advantage as well. The Bible says that he works all things together for good for those who trust him. So, Lord, I pray this. doesn't matter what trial we face. Lord, that our faith will be rock solid. Lord, that our faith, Lord, perseverance will lead to endurance and endurance will lead, Lord, us to that place where we understand, Lord, that we are positioned for greatness. 
Lord, when we choose to persevere in faith and in prayer, in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Thank you for listening to today's podcast from Living Waters Church, Kayabra. Don't forget, you can find us at www.lwkayabra.com.